Proverbs 12, 11 says, he who works his land shall have abundance. And the word abundance there means overflowing more than enough. Mm. So he who works his life, land shall have abundance. So, so what's abundance? So we just said it, but how do I get it? Well, you got to work your land. So your land is what's in front of you. So if you're a seventh grade teacher, that's your land. If you're a single mother, that's your land. Okay. If you are a person who works in aerospace, that's your land. So when you work your land, uh, it, 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 it is these things. It is plowing the ground. It's the law of the harvest, planting the seed, watering the seed, and then reaping the, the right harvest. Well, uh, Tim, you're a, a best-selling author, motivational, inspirational speaker, life coach, and you lead the Congregation Church. Again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. What a privilege. I like to start at the beginning. You grew up in the, in Compton in a two-bedroom house. You had seven people in the house. You had three sisters and a brother, and then you were the youngest. What was childhood like for you? Number one, good research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, think, I think childhood for us was, was, was fun at, at, at points. Um, you know, when you're that cramped, you're, you're kind of like all over each other. Sure. So, so either it's going to be too much or you find ways to get by. And so humor played a big role in our lives as kids. Nice. And then we, we had a lot of really cool neighbors. And, you know, as a kid, I really loved sports and, and, and life. And so, um, you know, it was, a, it was a cramped, crowded environment. But we still had a lot of joy and laughter and, and we're always thinking that something good could happen next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then when you were 10, tragically, it, your dad passed away from a car accident. My daughter's 10 years old. And I was, when I heard about that, I, I tried to put myself in your shoes and can't imagine being in that spot. But how big of an impact did that have on you? And how did you get through that? Yeah, that was, a, that was gigantic because what happened is that um, he, my father was, very, very happy guy, hmm. um, tall, sharp guy, very together. And we started to move up out of life. Not so much just out of that city that I'm trying to say, but you know, we, we got into a bigger place, got into a three bedroom house. He was feeling good about his life. So it's strange that he had a lot of good uh, tempo when something tragically happened. I call it a life interruption. Yeah. Uh, my mother was hungry. Uh, he went and got takeout food for her. So he went to a restaurant to pick it up and he went through a, a green light and a person ran a red light and hit him and killed him. And so, you know, that's the thing about life that I have found that is, is many amazing things that go on, Eric. Um, life is still very fragile. Yeah. And yeah. so I would say that at that point, we were not equipped to handle him being taken. Mm. So it really fractured my family uh, for a long time. No doubt about it. Wow. Wow. And you, then you ended up going to seminary school when you were 18 out in Atlanta. What inspired you to go to seminary and, and what was that experience like for you? Yeah. So the idea of seminary was I was an athlete in high school and I did pretty well. And... Um, 
I saw a friend of mine reading a book about the life of Mother Teresa <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I was a junior in high school. And I was fascinated by the fact that this girl who was a cheerleader was reading a book about Mother Teresa. So I asked her about it and she was a Catholic in faith. And she said, oh, this is just kind of a hero in our faith. And she goes, well, you seem interested. I said, yeah. She goes, well, you want to read it when I'm done? I said, sure. And, and Eric, I tell you, when I read that book about Mother Teresa, of uh, being an ordinary lady who was a, a teacher and saw the, the pain of the orphans and wanted to make a difference, something in me rose and said, I want to make a difference. Mm. But I had a choice. I was looking at USC, uh, which is a great school. I always loved the Trojans. And I had some nice inroads there because one of the greatest athletes of all time uh, was a friend of my family. And, and I you know, could have used his help. And he said he would help me get in there. But I, I went and visited a seminary and decided to go there. And it was a, a great move for me. But I went there to become a humanitarian. That was the idea. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And the experience there was well, was pretty good. But you had some roommates that they, for some reason, they didn't want to room with you, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like Rudolph. They didn't want okay. to play. They didn't want to play any reindeer games. That's crazy. So what happened is that you know, growing up in a, a predominantly um, um, ethnic background, it was strange for me to go to the south. Okay. And um, to go to the South, we had, we had kids from South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, uh, Alabama. They're coming from everywhere. And it's funny now, those are some of my favorite states. But um, two of my three roommates uh, decided to up and out because they didn't want a uh, room with a uh, African-American gentleman. So it was, it was a strange thing because I've, I've always been happy-go-lucky. Yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't even get mad. I didn't want to fight the system. I just smiled. <laughs> yeah. And I said, okay, I think I'm dealing with something that I've never dealt with at this level. Mm -hmm. And so it was, a, it, was a, it was a good test. And there were many of them in that location at that time in society. And, um, you know, you just have to learn to grow. Yeah. You have to learn to grow. Yeah. I've heard you talk about Proverbs 12.11 before. What does Proverbs 12.11 mean to you? Proverbs 12.11 has, has changed my life. Um, number one, I'm a, I'm a real Bible guy uh, based on the fact that it, it's, it's been very beneficial in my life. My parents took us to church when I was uh, four. My doctorate's in world religion. And, but I, I, I love to read the scripture just to build my faith and just to learn. But Proverbs 12, 11 says, he who works his land shall have abundance. And the word abundance there means overflowing more than enough. Mm. So he who works his life, land shall have abundance. So, so what's abundance? So we just said it, but how do I get it? Well, you got to work your land. So your land is what's in front of you. So if you're a seventh grade teacher, that's your land. If you're a single mother, that's your land. Okay. If you are a person who works in aerospace, that's your land. So when you work your land, uh, it, 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 
it is these things. It is plowing the ground, it's the law of the harvest, planting the seed, watering the seed, and then reaping the, the right harvest. And so I love that scripture. I've lived off it since I was uh, in my early 20s. And I work my land. I plow, I plant, I water, and I harvest. Mm. And um, it, it works. I mean, there's times I don't get everything I want. Sure. But I'll tell you what, I got a lot of things that I didn't even think I'd get. Right. Well, I was studying and meditating that on my own quiet time this morning. And, and uh, man, it's just so powerful for sure. One of the things I've heard you talk about is this miracle mindset. And for those who haven't heard that before, what is the miracle mindset? Well, the miracle mindset is my new book coming out with Harper Collins. Oh, cool. And I have some cool notes. So I'm just going to say a couple of things. Yeah. You know, miracle is a supernatural intervention of God into the natural affairs of men. It's also known as something uncommon, not regular, not the norm. It's a wonder, a marvel, and something astonishing. Now, so if all that can happen, Eric, I vote yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so if, if a miracle is something that's supernatural, uncommon, not regular, not the norm, a wonder, a marvel, something astonishing, I want to know. Yep. So I have a good friend, as you know, named Robert Downey Jr. And he plays uh, Iron Man. And one of the things I find is that little kids, they love, they love the magical. They love the miraculous. That's why Marvel has played such a big role in their lives. Yeah. Right. So I believe that one reason that little kids are like that is because we're made in the image of God mm -hmm. and God is miraculous. Yeah. And I believe his creation is miraculous. So the, the, the miracle mindset, the mindset is the way you think. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is where you set your thought process. And um, what I love about this idea of this mentality and the mindset, it's your, it's your point of view. It's your outlook, your attitude, your disposition, your yeah. reasoning. And I feel this with you as well. You know, I renew my mind every single day. Like already for an hour today, I've renewed my mind. Wow. So I don't think normal. Yeah. I'm not normal. I don't think normal. I don't do normal. I don't live normal. But I had to renew my mind. Mm -hmm. Man, I love it. One of the things that your your other book, uh, Come Back and Beyond, you talk about turning that tragedy into triumph. And for those that have this past that they're ashamed of and maybe came from yes. a broken home like myself, how do folks get through that? I'm looking around, Eric, because my book is right here somewhere. But uh, the Come Back and Beyond is um, a book that was written not only from what I've gone through, but just a subject I got interested in. Yeah. So I started writing on the comeback in 1988. And then I wrote my first book that actually came out in 92. And then I had another one that came out, you know, just a couple of years ago that Oprah helped take that to the crazy place. <laughs> and uh, if Oprah holds your book up for an hour, you're going to sell a lot of books. Right. <laughs> for <laughs> sure. During an interview. Yeah. And so um, the, the, the comeback idea is this. 
is that when most people have a comeback or a setback, they, they, they sit, settle, and sometimes cement themselves in the setback, okay? Mm. Sit, settle, cement themselves. But in my book, Come Back and Beyond, I teach you that a comeback is not a go back. See, because everybody thinks a comeback is to go back and fix everything. Right. Like, ooh, I did that back in the 90s. You know, you really can't fix it all. Mm -hmm. So a comeback is not a go back, but a, a comeback is now cooperating with the plan that God has for you. And so what I say in my book is that while you're feeling the sting of your setback, God is preparing your comeback. Yeah. So oh. if, you, if you're going through divorce and you're watching, God's preparing your comeback. If you've lost your job because of COVID-19, God's preparing your comeback. If you're ill, God's preparing your comeback. And so this book has gone all over the world and has me speaking to upwards of 80,000 people at one time. Wow. And I never knew that one idea would take me into such platforms. Yeah. Now you started to get into the entertainment industry a few years back. What projects are you working on right now, especially with this COVID-19 probably holding you in the house for a little bit, but what, what projects are you working on right now? Yeah. Uh, so the, some things in life are by design and some things you discover. Okay. So, so I never tried to design myself as Tim story, comeback coach to the stars. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I am a humanitarian. I still work with prison reform. I work with in the addiction world, in the addiction space. I also work with the elderly, uh, with elderly abuse with my good friend, Carrie Kasem, the mm. daughter of Casey Kasem, prison reform with Robert Downey Jr. But the entertainment world just started opening to me because the more I coached entertainers, they're like, uh, hey, you have a gift. <laughs> so um, I have a new show on BET coming out with Yolanda Adams, who's an amazing singer. Yeah. So we're doing a show together. I also have another show coming out on the homeless, where we'll go in and help the homeless and have great conversations and bring change. Uh, I have another show uh, coming out. So we have the homeless show, the, the, the BET show. I have another show that I wrote uh, and I'm working with uh, Steve Harvey's uh, manager. Uh, we're working on another show. Then I have a movie coming out with AMC Theaters, which is a Tim Story movie. Wow. Uh, it's called uh, Getting It Right with Tim Story. And it's being hosted by probably the greatest host in the history of the planet. I won't say her name. Okay. But it's the name yep. <laughs> uh, that people know. Uh, so I'm working on that project with AMC Theaters right now. And um, yeah, I'm having fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I like making impact on people, and yeah, I'm artsy, and so that's what I like to do. Very nice. And you kind of touched brief, uh, touched on this briefly earlier, but you wake up around four forty-five every day. Like I said, I'm up at four a.m. six days a week. What's that morning routine look like for you? Uh, to me, uh, before COVID nineteen, I get up, brush my teeth, wash my face, uh, put on my gym clothes, and I go to the gym. And part of the reason for the gym to me was not just to be in shape, but was to beat depression. Mm -hmm. Is that what happened is that, you know, I spent most of my life on stages. 
and speaking to very large crowds. Uh, so I think our average crowd is two to 3,000 throughout these years, but I go anywhere from 1,000 to you know, 30,000. Gotcha. So when you, when you have that much energy and you got all that <laughs> stuff going on, right? it, it seems glamorous, but I'd, I'd wake up in the morning feeling like I just had rushed for 130 yards as a running back against a tough defense. Right. <laughs> and I would just like be just beat, like someone had just knocked me out. Sure. So I used to think like, whoa, you know, maybe if I order a good breakfast, that'll help. Or I'll do my devotions first. And that does help. But man, when I just started to make myself just get out of bed, get on the treadmill, put on a good podcast or worship music, whatever. Mm -hmm. Eric, it was weird. My endorphins would kick in. Yeah. And it was as, as though something was lifting from me. And so um, a lot of people now have followed suit and they're finding a lot of great results. The person who talked me into this is Smokey Robinson, the singer. Okay. He, said, he said he was going through the same thing. And he goes, little brother, just try that. And I'm trying to tell you, it helped change my life. So now with COVID-19, obviously I'm doing other things to, yeah. to stay active. And we have a treadmill at our house and weights in our backyard and yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, tell me about the World Shaker Network. Hey, and thanks for talking about that because it's important to me. One of the challenges of being me is, um, is that there's a lot of people that seem to want what I'm bringing to the table with um, manifesting dreams, um, how to turn setbacks to comebacks. And, you know, I life coach. Yeah. But my life coaching is expensive, but I do that on purpose. Sure. Because here's what I found. I used to life coach a lot and I, I do a lot of things for free. And so I'd be on Zoom at 8 a.m., like all prepared. Like, look how cool this is. Life coaching with Tim's story. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've got all these binders, I've got 1,300 pages worth of material. <laughs> But, but look how organized I am. Come on. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so I'd be sitting there with my organized self and the guy would not show up. Oh, jeez. So we started charging $1,000 an hour to life coach with me. Okay. And the, and the line went from here two states deep. <laughs> and so the thing is, is that, you know, I just got so busy. I'm only one human. Yeah. But that showed how much people wanted to coach with me. And then once in a while we run these specials. Uh, but what I want to do is how do I find a way to talk with more people and use these, the same manual and bring up a subject like responsibility yeah. or how to deal with regret, how to get over shame. So now I do this thing once a week. Watch how cool this is. Every Monday night, and people get on Zoom, we go through this, and we dialogue, and then I say, what did you learn? And they can talk back to me. Wow. And then Q&A. I mean, if Tony Robbins would have done this for me in my early days, or <laughs> um, Oprah or somebody, right. I mean, holy schmoly. So 
I made it so affordable that it's wrong. It's only $49 a month. Yeah. Unbelievable. So that, that's, that's like just a little over $10 a session. Right. So if you don't think I'm worth $10 a session, come on, guys. Yeah. So I went from 1000 a session to $10. Okay. So uh, people are signing up. So the good news, Eric, they're signing up. Tell me why you would sign up for something like that. I mean, Man. you got a, you got a life coach who's been at it 25 years. Yeah. Going at it with you, stretching you, pulling you, pushing you, and you network with other world shakers. You know, I, I think that like yourself and, and Ed Milet, who I follow, is has talked about like raising your temperature, right? So if you're running around at 80 degrees and there's guys that are 120, go hang around with those guys. And and that's exactly what you do with your world shaker network is you get to hang around folks that are at that 120 degree temperature, lift you up and and then, of course, be able to talk with you and learn from you directly. The pricing, when I looked at that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like the best deal ever. You know, 49 bucks and, a month. And I'm going to keep, keep it like that. Okay. Because I, I want to grow up massive all over the world. And I, wanna, I, wanna, I want people from South Africa, from Sri Lanka to say, you know, I could save for $49. And because to, to most people, that's just money that they have in their drawer. Right. But for other countries, they may have to stretch. Sure. But I want that, man, because, you know, Eric, I sold my Volkswagen to go to seminary. Wow. So to go to seminary, I sold my doggone Volkswagen, and I liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, Tim, this has been such an honor to have you on my show today. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights, man. And I'm excited for your new book and what you got going on in the entertainment side of things, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. That, and thank you, Eric. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I wanted to just take one quick second of your time to point you to ericallenmedia.com. I have a ton of free and paid content on our resources tab. Click on that. Tons of books, tons of websites you can go check out. Some secret websites in there as well for you. But listen, I am available for hire for anything from product videos to content videos, review videos. I do a lot of how-to and explainer type videos, box opening videos for brands. I also do laser engraving for anything that's wood product. So if you need some you know, coasters made or fun tags or something like that, shoot me a DM, happy to help you out. You can check out some of my work on our YouTube channel there. Really appreciate you checking out the show today. Thank you so much for your time. Have an amazing day.